You should say, really good to see you guys as well. I hope you all had a good summer. Have you all had a good summer so far? Has the sun been shining for you? I hope so. Well, if you haven't been here this summer, uh, we've been looking at Old Testament prophets. So we've been looking at a guy called Joel. Uh, we're looking at a guy called Amos. Um, and last week, okay, we looked at... Okay, okay. Um, and last week, we looked at Jonah. Uh, now, I, I tried my very, very best to try and get through Jonah without mentioning the fish. All right, so um, I took some titles, things like, we looked at Jonah's path, we looked at his prayer, his proclamation, and his perspective. If you want to hear what I said um, last week, you maybe have to ask Ian to download it and put it onto the system. It should be there eventually. But today, I want us to look at Micah. And you could say, Ian, well, why is it we've been listening to Micah today? Well, he has a word for us, and the words are that he sees some eternal things. Um, and we said right at the very beginning that prophets saw things happening on around them and also they had a word from God. If you have got a Bible in front of you, you might like to turn to page 930, I think, of your Bibles uh, that are dotted around the church to have a look. But Micah most definitely does get a word from God. And the word of God is he sees a vision. And I'd like to suggest to you that he sees things that are eternal, there are things that we see around us going on. And Micah speaks into a particular um, location and time. But he spends no time whatsoever by naming the kings that are around him. He names Jothan, Ahaz and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah. And he gets these visions. And a prophet is someone who speaks into a situation that is very real. It's not made up. And to try and help you this morning, I've given to you, uh, you might have a copy of it, and that is Micah chapter 1. And the only reason why I've given you Micah chapter 1 is because I wanted you to see the whole map. I tried to get the whole map onto the screen, but I couldn't manage it. But this is uh, the northern part of um, Israel. You can see that uh, there's a place called Samaria, which is the capital of the northern kingdom when uh, Micah spoke at about 700 BC. We are now living in 2018. Okay? You can also see, further down, you can see the Lake of uh, Galilee, which I haven't got a mind map in front of me, which is the top now. And now we're coming to like, Judah, which is, is, is the southern kingdom. And we've got Micah. Now, he was not a professional prophet... Right? He was someone who actually was living in the lowlands. We know that he was a countryman. We also know all right, that he actually was uh, born in a place called Morsheth Gath. And can I just say, Andy, thank you so much for going through all those chapters this morning. You're an absolute star. Thank you. So we know his location. We know some of his words. But these are visions that he saw. I'm not going to tell you that they're all in a particular um, order or anything like that, but this is God's word for us today. So he says, and I think some significant things at very good, difficult times, and for prophets to stand up and to go against the grain, to say things, the natural fact that were going on, and to calling people to account, looking at the injustices that were going on around, is a very difficult thing to do. But he says in Chapter 1 and verse 1 says, The word of the Lord given to Micah, it was given to me. So he tells us where he was born, and he also says about these reigns of the kings. Now, 
We also know that he's actually mentioned this uh, place called Jerusalem, which is in the southern kingdom, which is the capital, and also Samaria. We also know about Micah, that he was um, a countryman. He was someone who was in the middle. You've got Jerusalem up, up here, and you've got the Mediterranean down here. So he linked himself with people who were underprivileged and oppressed. If you want an overview of the whole of the book of Micah, I'm just going to read a few words to you, which is a bit shorter than what Andy read to us today. Uh, so chapters 1 to 3, I would say, are the words about crime and punishment. Chapters 4 to 5 are about uh, peace and security. And in chapters 6 to 7, through justice and mercy. And God's word, I think, is important for us today, because we're going to get glimpse of, glimpses of eternity, I hope. And we're going to be looking at three things. We're looking at the birth of Jesus Christ. We're going to be looking about how to live our Christian faith. And also God's characteristics about justice and mercy. So, having said that, we need to just jump into um, Micah okay, chapter 1. And if you want to just follow a few things through before we get uh, to those three points. He's someone who was affected by what he was saying. And if you read verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, Because of this, I will weep and I will wail. Prophets were affected by the words they were given. There was a burden to pass on to people. And he uses the, these beautiful words. I will go about barefoot and naked, and I will howl like a jackal, and I will moan like an owl. And so it is, these words in chapter 1, and if you look through your sheet at home if you want to, uh, there's almost a hint of sarcasm coming through from Micah. Because in chapter 10, he says, he says uh, Tell Gath to weep, not at all, in Beth Ophrah, roll in dust. And it was a house of dust, the villages that were around. He also says... Passed on in nakedness and in shame, all of you who are in Sophia, and that, and that name means beautiful. So there's almost a hint of sarcasm that's mentioned about chapter 1. Chapter 2, he says, not, whoa, Neddy, the horse, right? He says, whoa. To those who plot evil, look out. There are many of us who maybe sit up in bed and plot things through and think about things that have happened during the day. But Micah was saying there were things that were going on. There was evil in the land. And he says, therefore the Lord says, I am planning disaster against this people. And that's a difficult word to bring to people who are living quite comfortably and doing the things that they want to do. And in chapter 2, we actually read in verse 12, he says, I will bring them together like sheep in a pen. Now, some commentators say that verses... 12 and 13 should not be in Micah for all sorts of different reasons. And it is just the fact that I would like to suggest to you that Micah is hinting at the shepherd. We've looked at those I am sayings. Sometimes he says, I am the good shepherd. And we've looked at that in the Lord's, Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23. So we've got Micah chapter 2. And we've also got, excuse me, in chapter 3, this question that came out from the people who were listening to Micah because they didn't actually like what he was saying. They would say, well, we would really like a prophet that says nice things to us, the way that we're living. 
But he's actually saying in chapter 3 and verse 11, he says, her leaders and judge for a bribe, the priests teach for a price, and the prophets tell fortunes for money. So there was this idea of corruptness going on. Also, there is a message of hope that Micah gives in chapter 4, and it says, in the last days, in chapter 4, there's a message of hope that he brings through. And verse 1, he says, The mountains of the Lord's temple will be established as the chief among the mountains, and will be raised above the hills, and the people will stream to it. And there are hints there of the Assyrian army that would actually be defeated later on. So let's have a look now at what could be a vision, an eternal vision. So the vision of the birth of Christ. If you have a look, please, at chapter 5 uh, in the Bible, and actually verse 6. Sorry, have I got the wrong one? Sorry, I apologise, verse 2. I apologise, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, uh, chapter 5 and verse 2. I can't believe this. Yesterday, I was in a card shop, um, and I saw a Christmas card. How many of you have seen a Christmas card already this year? Oh, excellent. Well done, David. Sorry, I didn't see that. Well done. And Joe, well done. So, you got there before me. But there are links that Jonah makes 700 years before Christ. And this, for me, he sees a glimpse of eternity. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old and from the ancient times. So you could read those words, ancient times. What is that referring to? Books and scrolls of the time? Many commentators are saying the ancient times is referring to eternity. Remember, Micah saw visions. So he saw and prophesied that one day... Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And those of you who've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 2, you'll know where Herod is asking the Magi, the kings. It says, well, where is this king of the Jews going to be born? And Matthew records there in verse 6, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And there's that word shepherd again that appears in the New Testament. And that's why sometimes we need to look at the Old Testament and the New Testament to see that as we look back and we see the New Testament fulfilling the Old Testament prophets, we see the Old Testament prophets foretelling something in the future, something which is eternal and which is something very beautiful. So we see the birth of Christ. Also, for us today, we're going to be seeing how do we live the Christian life? And as I had a moment last week in the service, I was asking you to share with you or with each other what happened uh, last week. I began to ask the question, where can we see faith? But do you know what? I think we see faith in each other. The wealth that we have of faith in this church is unbelievable. It's unquantifiable. Your faith and your trust in God, your faith, your walk with God is so precious. And I want to encourage you this morning. There's an ancient hymn that sings out, 
I've never sung this, but I came across it just this week. It's called Beneath the Cross. O oh, safe the happy shelter, O oh, refuge tried and sweet. O oh, trysting place where heaven's love and heaven's justice meet. The story of faith. I want us to show you a Bible this morning that I found this. I think that's a hint, Ian. I have to remember to do the... That's an internal joke point. If there are any visitors here, I sometimes forget to do the offering. So. Um, but as I looked up this Bible um, on my shelf this week, I opened it up and it says it's from Hugh Randall and it's written inside July the 8th, 1954, at the end of training at the Church Army Training College in London in Northwest One. And as I began to look into this book, the Bible, there are different places that are underlined. So this person, after their training, had been given this book uh, to read. And I just thought, Ian, I wonder what is actually written when we read Micah chapter 6 and verse 6 to 8. Verses 6, 8 reads, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And here it is here, 1967. So 13 years after they have finished their training, the Bible can't talk to me in the moment of my imagination, but I began to sort of think, here is a book that has been used by someone who has walked with God and knows to walk justly, to love mercy, but also to walk humbly with their God after their training in London with the church army. I thought that was just like a wonderful story just to see that they had actually written down something there. And as I thought to myself, sometimes if you have a look at just where someone has maybe last read their Bible and to see just where the last place is in here, what is it that you could read? And here it says, the Baptist Missionary Society, Kirby. And he was a famous missionary who went out to the Congo. And I'm not going to read the archaic language, but it's all about running the race. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So here is a person who wants to run the race of life and of faith. And therefore I run... So not as uncertainty to fight, I not as one that uh, beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into submission, lest by any means that I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. There's a sense of running the race. This person has actually spent their time underlining and actually putting the dates for people to see. That's just a thought for you. How can we understand people's faith? Someone read this Bible which was very special to them. But that's the message for us, for Micah, to us today, that we might live our lives, that we might walk humbly, that we might walk, walk justly, and that we might walk lovingly and mercifully. So finally this morning, Micah's vision of character, of justice and mercy. Jesus was the only person who ever walked justly, he was the only person who, were, who walked mercifully and humbly. He is, the, he is fully human and yet fully God. And that is a mystery to all of us. And the Old Testament idea of sacrifice simply was for the Jews that they knew 
that there had to be someone that would be innocent that would be sacrificed on the altar, as we know from the Old Testament teachings. And so it is today that Jesus Christ, who has paid our price on the cross so that we might now live our lives through faith and trust in him. There is a pardoning. If you have a look, please, at chapter 7 and verse 18, right towards the end. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions? And that's what Jesus does for us on the cross. He dies in our place. God acts justly. All around us there are things that are going on around us that are looking like there are injustices. And I just want to just share with you one story. Many, many years ago, just towards the end of the Troubles in Northern Ireland, I was involved uh, in a unique project that brought people from both sides of the Troubles together. And we were involved in something that was called restorative justice. It was something which is a very difficult task to do. It's not something that's taken lightly, but it's something which some people wanted to go through that process. And as we listened to the stories on both sides of uh, the argument, whether they were Catholic, they were Protestant, whether in the IRA, whether they're in the provisionals, whatever side they were on, some people never came to some of our meetings, but some did. And there were moments where we could hear them talking about their different stories. And with this project that I was involved with, we had people who were saying, will you forgive me? Will you just come with me now and walk with me? There are things that I've done that are wrong, but I cannot write that wrong. Will you forgive me? There were sometimes moments where people said no. But there were also times where people said, yes, I forgive you. And at those moments, there was something that was going on in their minds and their hearts. That these people were trying to grapple with their past and their present but also they're trying to grapple with their future. And I want to just share something with you this morning, and that is the psalmist David in Psalm 32 says this. He says, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. This morning, the good news is, that is for all of us that we can walk with God. We can walk justly. We can walk with mercy but we can also walk humbly with our God. I want to leave you with this question this morning. Are you someone this morning who could say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I have done. I now want to have this life of faith to walk with you, to know your presence. And there's nothing that just blesses me out of my socks, honestly, to hear men and women testify and to talk about knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Saviour. When I look at you all this morning, and I include myself very humbly in this, I want to encourage you this morning, you are men and women of faith. You are walking with God. We're all walking humbly with our God. But may we be able to confess, Lord, take us and use us from today, from this moment on. Thank you for all that you've done in the past. But Lord, help us not to hide our guilt because we can only come to Jesus Christ who as our Lord because he is the one who restores us to his everlasting love.
He is the one who has brought about justice for you and I through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray.